This is a daily lectionary comments for September the 28th. We begin a brand new book, Deuteronomy. We're starting at verse one. We'll talk a little bit about what this book is about. And then Matthew chapter five, beginning at verse one, uh, a, we begin an extended introduction to the preaching of Jesus of Nazareth. This one that we've looked at healing, teaching and preaching in Galilee. Now this is an actual example of what his teaching was like. All right, the book of Deuteronomy. This uh, is one of the most important books uh, in the Old Testament. And it, it's very important that uh, Christian really get comfortable with it. And we are going to cover almost all of it in the coming um, uh, several weeks. Very little of it is gonna be left out. So uh, we'll take it piece at a time, but it's important for me now to explain what this book is and why it's important and what the general setting is. We have already gone through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. And that's brought us uh, from the creation of the world all the way out of Egypt and to Mount Sinai and, and then uh, all the way through the wilderness wanderings and then to the edge of the Jordan uh, and the plains of Moab. And that's where uh, we left things off. Then we went to Proverbs and then we continued with the story with Joshua and going into the promised land and all of that. So the history worked fine. Going from the end of Numbers to Joshua worked fine. We jumped over Deuteronomy and that was okay. The history was complete because Deuteronomy doesn't give us new history. Deuteronomy means second law. And what it is, it, it, it's Moses preaching. It's Moses preaching at the end of the 40 years that he's been leading these people in, in, in the wilderness. They are on the plains of Moab. They are almost going to go into the promised land. So this is after all the events that we've studied in Leviticus and, and, and Numbers. After all of that, Moses is there. So he is going to be giving a, a, an explanation a summary uh, uh, of, of all that he had already taught them and that God had already delivered to them in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. That's why it's called second law. We get another, for example, the Ten Commandments appears in Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, just as it appeared already in Exodus chapter 20. So it's, it's a second law. It, it is an explanation, and an explanation of Moses after having had 38 years or so to ponder these things and 38 years of life with the people in the wilderness and life with God. So he's come to a lot of, of understandings that God has led his people to a lot of deeper understandings of what all this law is. And we are now going to be blessed with, uh, with uh, Moses's own uh, uh, dissertation on what God, what this covenant that he has given to us. Now, the first four chapters of Deuteronomy will very quickly take us on a history tour from when they left Mount Sinai, which is called Horeb here in, in Deuteronomy, when they met, left Mount Sinai until they got to the plains of Moab, where, where uh, Moses is delivering these sermons. Gives us a quick sketch of that, first four chapters. And then starting at the end of chapter four and going all the way through chapter 26, that's going to be Moses's explanation of the various stipulations and various aspects of the law that God has given and all of its implications for his people. This is very, very rich, and we will be going into all of it uh, uh, one, one reading at a time. Uh, and then at the end, we have a, 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 a reconsecration of the people 
uh, a renewal of the covenant before they get ready to go in to the promised land. Then Moses dies. And at that point, then we would be handed off to Joshua. Okay. And we've already gone to Joshua. So now here in chapter one, here's, here's how it goes. The first five verses of our reading today are just setting the scene. We're where we are. We're on the plains of Moab. We're just east of the Jordan River. We haven't yet gone to the promised land, but we're about to. Moses is addressing the people, and it's 38 years. It's the 40th year of being out in the wilderness, okay? 38 years after they left uh, Mount Sinai. And in verse 6, well, it, verse 5 says, and there at that place, Moses undertook to explain the law, okay? And then it goes to verse 6. And at verse six, we go back in time. When Moses begins to explain the law, he begins here. At verse six, he says, way back then, 38 years ago, the Lord our God said to us in Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites, okay? So it begins by setting us up, helping us to understand where we are, it's 38 years later, and then uh, Moses is going to explain the law to us, and he begins in verse 6 by going back to when God told the people at Mount Sinai, you've been here long enough, it's time for you to go up and take, uh, take possession of the land that I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them, okay? So now we know it didn't quite go that way. The people actually went up, but they did not go into the promised land, and that's the subject for the next couple of days in our lessons here. We'll find out what happened. You probably already know they did not go. But the original plan was God was going to lead them right there out of Sinai, right into the promised land. But the people rebelled. And because of that, there's 40 years in the wilderness. And that's the way it goes when, when, you, don't, uh, when you don't listen to God and when, when you bow up against him. All right. But understand then that the whole thing sort of goes back in time to when they were 38 years before at, uh, at Mount Sinai, God says, leave this place. We're going to go up to Canaan. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I, they're, they're all right there set before you. Uh, and then the last part of our reading here is how Moses basically says, there's way too many people here. God has really blessed the, the, the offspring of Abraham. Way too many people here for me to take care of. I need help. And so it talks about how each of the tribes had a leader. And then there were leaders set up over thousands and tens, uh, hundreds and tens and so on. So, okay, tomorrow we see what happens when the people go straight from Horeb to, uh, uh, to the land of Canaan and, uh, and how they rebelled against the Lord there. All right, and Matthew has already introduced us in yesterday's lesson to uh, Jesus' Galilean ministry. And uh, now we're in Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, and we're, we're going to begin the, the famous Sermon on the Mount, which was preached in Galilee, and it is a sampling of the kinds of things that Jesus was, was teaching and preaching wherever he went. So Jesus would go into synagogues and preach in the synagogues, and he would preach in the countryside, and wherever he could gather a crowd, he, he would preach there. Now, the Sermon on the Mount is chapter 5, 6, and 7. It begins famously with these uh, Beatitudes, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But I don't want you to think about the Sermon on the Mount as a, a set piece. Jesus has the sermon. He preaches the sermon. And when he's done, he moves on to other things. The Sermon on the Mount would have been things that he would have been preaching all the time. Different parts of it, slightly different ways here and there, depending on his audience. Just like modern preachers today, if I preach the same sermon 10 times, every sermon is going to be different. 
I'm going to leave some things out in some sermons. I'm going to add other things in other sermons. Um, I'm going to say it a little bit differently. Um, different things are going to come to mind at different times. Uh, but you're also going to see that sermon by sermon by sermon, all 10 sermons are going to be basically saying the same things, cobbled together a little bit differently. Well, you can expect that that's how Jesus would have done this too. He would have told the same parables, not always the same parables everywhere he went, but he would recycle these. I mean, if he didn't understand that, he would be depriving his hearers of things. They'd never heard this before. They've never heard these beatitudes before. So we're getting a sampling of his preaching here. And this is the kind of things that he would have said in different places. All right, it begins, well, what, what is the general theme, particularly of this first uh, chapter, but of the Sermon on the Mount generally, would be the, the character of the citizens of the kingdom. Jesus is coming, preaching the kingdom of God. Uh, and the kingdom of God is at hand. And he is he's addressing a crowd of people who are coming to him. And so he's talking to them as though they are to be citizens of this kingdom. And he's going to describe the citizen of the kingdom, okay? So the way he describes it is using the word blessed. Blessed, 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 blessed. The citizens of the kingdom are blessed. But he's also describing the character of the citizens of the kingdom. They're poor in spirit, but they're blessed because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They mourn, but they're blessed because they're comforted. They're meek, but they're blessed because they'll inherit the earth. They hunger and thirst for God to do something. Well, they're blessed because they shall be satisfied, God is about to act. So on, uh, with all the, uh, the, um, the various beatitudes are describing the character of the people who would follow Christ. I'll tell you what else it's describing. It's describing Christ himself. So this is the way Jesus is, and this is the way his followers are to be also. The citizens of the kingdom are this way, and they are blessed. They are not only blessed, but it also says they are salt and they are light, okay? So they are salt in the earth and light in the world. They are the things that, 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 that bring knowledge into the world and preserve this world and, and are capable of making change in this world. They are God's workmanship in this world to make an enormous difference. The kingdom of God is, is like leaven that's worked into a lump and it's, it's going to work its way throughout all things. And so he's describing it that way. Having described uh, the, the citizens of the kingdom, he, he then makes these summary discussions of the relationship between the law of Moses and the kingdom of God. Okay? And these are very important comments that he makes. He says, I do not come to abolish the law of Moses. I come to fulfill it. Fulfill it means that he is going to do personally what the law of Moses was required to be done by Israel. He is going to teach the law of Moses the way it was supposed to be taught. But th that part of the law of Moses that required us to do something and do it right, like sacrifices and, this, uh, and, 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 and leading and so on like that, um, Christ himself will take the reins of the covenant and assure that it works from now on. He, he is not getting rid of it. He is fulfilling it. He's not getting rid of it. He's transforming it. He's transforming the way the law is. It will not pass away. The law will not pass away, he says. Not one jot, not one tittle until all is accomplished. All is not going to be accomplished 
and the law of Moses will not pass away. It is transformed with the coming of Jesus, but it will not pass away until Jesus comes again. When Jesus comes again, then his work will be finished in this world. The kingdom will be delivered to the heavenly father and this present age will be at an end and all that was in the law of Moses that found its fulfillment in Christ will now find its ultimate fulfillment in the new heaven and the new earth. But until that time, what is taught in the law of Moses, transformed, is still the word of God. And those who would uh, break it are least in the kingdom of God, and those who keep it are greatest in the kingdom of God. Of course, understanding the transformation will be vital, and we'll see how Jesus deals with that.